0: Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Today on the podcast, I chat with a formidable Amber Renee. Amber is a true believer in doing what lights you up, even when it really scares you. She has had many iterations of her working life and through all the phases and stages has sought one thing, true happiness. She is driven by the energy of entrepreneurship and her passion lies in helping others create their dream life through businesses they love. At the core of any of this is a carefully considered and cultivated practice of self-belief which Amber is gonna help us unpack today. Check out the show notes for where you can connect with Amber. And we would love to hear your thoughts on self-belief and how you cultivate that over on the Facebook community group, the Light Path community. But for now, I really hope you enjoy this chat.
1: Amber, welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I think about our reading that you did for me all the time. It's totally changed my life and led me down directions and I'm so grateful for you and the work that you're doing in the world. So I'm oh. Super
0: to be here. oh no, likewise. So we connected a, a few years ago now I think um, just because I was a follower of yours and I just really like the work that you did and, and as a result of that You know, I've touched base a couple of times and watching your evolution is always so wonderful. So, thank you so much for making the time to chat.
1: Totally.
0: So, let's hit it off. I love to start and get a little into people's psyche in terms of what they value and and what drives them. So, share with us your favorite quote. Ooh, my
1: favorite quote, which I actually have a little bit of it tattooed on my body, is follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. Yeah.
0: one by Joseph Campbell. Yeah. So good. Love that. Love that. And it's so true. One of my all-time favorite quotes is so similar. It's a Henry David Thoreau, which is go confidently in the direction of your dreams and live the life that you imagined. I've so, always had that one. So love that. And you do that. I mean, you are the embodiment of that. And although personally, I may have seen you in some points where you weren't quite sure about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> totally. Uh-huh.
0: But you know you do you do embody this whole essence of self belief and and in this month of self love I think self belief is one of those things that can so easily elude us you know so I'd love to hear about your journey um, because it is a tale of that you know that that knocking down the walls and and walking through them and following your gut and your intuition and your heart. So, I'd love for you to share your story and a little bit about who you are and
1: how you landed here. Well, my journey is a bit more like a roller coaster ride than what we actually see on Instagram. And, you know, the hashtag. Hashtag entrepreneur, which seems so glamorous these days, but my reality is very far from that. I actually, uh, well, I used to be an engineer, so I used to work on a construction site for a very short period of time before starting my first business, which was a fashion label. So that business started with me on a sewing machine. Uh, We made four shirts one week, sold four shirts, made eight shirts the next week, sold them. And then five years later, we had 120 accounts around the world. We exported to Paris, Tokyo, LA, and South Africa, and dressed some of the biggest celebrities at the time, which back in the day was Paris. And she's making a bit of a comeback now, but she was like the it girl way back then. And this was before the internet. So we were doing influencer marketing kind of before the internet even sort of existed. So that business, I used to have to pick up the phone. And cold core people and like ask them if I can post them a catalog. So that was my first business. I thought that I was gonna do that business forever. Uh, however, the universe had grander plans for me. And basically, uh, my manufacturer went out of business, which caused me to go out of business and we were bankrupt. I had to go bankrupt. I lost about $70,000 in a short period of time and found out that I was basically working myself to death. So I had, I was riddled with cancer. I had uh, anxiety and depression. I had stomach ulcers. And that was sort of the end of that first business. And that was a really difficult time because I created that business as though it was a part of me, which is a real challenge when I hear other people saying this is, you know, it's my baby. It's my baby is my business. Well, what happens if that business Goes under mm. like my business did because yeah. I felt like I was grieving a child, you know, grieving a yeah. loss like that. So, um, just a little tip for the audience: just be very careful about how you were, you know, your your attachment to your business because they often don't stay around forever. So that was my first business. I uh, swore I would never be an entrepreneur ever again, uh, until I started my second business about a year later. uh, And that business was a a consultancy one-on-one. So I was a fashion stylist. So I was um, fashion editor, celebrity stylist, dressing some of the biggest names in the country, and also being a TV presenter for fashion tv where i would travel around australia and interview everyone who's anyone in the world of fashion and celebs i was on project runway fashion which is a fashion reality tv show and again i thought that that was going to be my end all like you know i'm a little fashionista by heart this was the best you know life i could ever live ever thought i was going to do it forever and then again the universe had grander plans for me so the GFC hit and I lost all of my contracts. I had like four part-time contracts. I lost all of them in the space of one month in December, one year. And that was the end of that. And again, that caused a huge depression uh, to the point where I was suicidal for weeks. My brothers used to come around and check on me every day and literally feed me to make sure that I was you know, having some nourishment. And again, I had so much ego and so much identity wrapped up in that Uh, that, that world, you know, like I was this fashion, like I was the girl. And then when that all ended, I had to deal with this huge identity crisis of like, who am I now? If I don't have the TV shows and the front row uh, seats at the fashion weeks and the, you know, hanging out with celebrities, dressing celebrities. So again, I had to, really have a huge uh, internal crisis. And I was depressed for months, six six months, seven months, couldn't get out of bed, you know, just wandered around uh, our old home where I used to live, Bondi, uh, and just wandered around Bondi like a lost little soul trying to figure out like, you know, this is it. I should go back to being an engineer. Like I've got nothing else to offer the world. Uh, and during that time, I then realized that I had a lot of knowledge in how to build a fashion business. And my brother. My you know genius mentor brother said, you need to build an online course. And so this was in 2015. I sat down with my iPhone and I sat and taught everything I know about running a fashion styling business, popped it up on a website, and I haven't looked back since. So that course did six figures in my first year and now makes me six figures every year without doing anything else, you know, without touching anything else. And I've now turned into the latest iteration of me, which is an online business I guess "queen" is an appropriate word. We were joking about what you should call me earlier. You said, "What's your pronoun, queen?" Okay, yeah, obviously. <laughs> So uh, my online and now my online business teaches a range of courses. So my fashion styling course was the first one. I then taught personal brand and publicity, which is what I was doing in my fashion. uh, You know, when I was a TV presenter and celebrity stylist, I then taught a mindset course, which we're going to dive into a little bit today. And now I teach a course about how to create an online course. And I help people build their online courses and their online empires um, like I have done. So that's the journey. As you can see, it kind of didn't you know, didn't look like how it was supposed to look on Instagram. Um, But I always say that the universe, well, as I said many times, the universe has lovingly pushed me into this iteration of myself. And another thing I want to point out there is I never set out with any of these businesses. I never set out with the intention of, I know this is what it's going to become. Even with the fashion business, I just woke up one day and I made shirts because I loved it. With this business, I just got up and taught. I was planning on giving my knowledge away for free. Like my first fashion selling course, I was going to give that away for free because I was passionate about it. I loved it. And then in my first year of this business, I ended up uh, studying 18 e-courses because I loved it. I love learning about digital marketing. I love learning about emails. I love learning about funnels and automation. And I never realized that this was where it would end up, but this is where it's ended up. So if anyone is thinking about how to find their purpose or they don't know what the thing is that they're supposed to do, I always just say, just do the thing that really lights you up. So whatever it is that you're reading blogs on and watching YouTube videos, and you wake up on a Sunday and you're like, I want to study a course on that. Just go and do that thing. It may not be the thing that ends up paying your bills and paying your mortgage, but it may, but it will lead you towards the path of whatever the thing is supposed to be.
0: And the, and there's so much in that and I, I want to swing back to that point about it, it didn't look like what it was supposed to look like on Instagram. Nobody's entrepreneurial journey looks anything like people put on Instagram. So just know that. Entrepreneurs, if you've got your own businesses, we are hustlers at heart. And hustler kind of is a little bit of a sturdy word, I would say. um, but it's such a beautiful. I think it's such a beautiful word because what we're doing, we're hustling our hearts. We're hustling our passions. and and i I love that about what I do and the challenges that that throws up. But your story is, you know, obviously a story of adaptation and a story of the ability to embrace what is in front of you and and all the things. but, Throughout that journey, I want to kind of dive down into the some of the beliefs you had about yourself and in the world. And you mentioned the word ego there, which plays a huge part. What, what are some of those self-beliefs that you had to maybe overcome or reshape in order to achieve all that you have been able to achieve?
1: So I guess I always knew that I wanted to create this freedom kind of life. And all of that was very okay with me. I was very aligned with, you know, working from wherever I wanted to work. I was aligned with traveling six six months of the year. It turns out what I wasn't aligned with was earning any kind of good sort of money, basically any money. So it turns out I had literally every single money block that ever existed. I always say as a joke, but I don't actually think it's a joke. Um, And when I actually started earning money in my sleep, when I started uh, not working hard and earning money, when I started earning lots of money for not a lot of effort, all of those things um, very quickly, I I very quickly sabotaged any amount of success very quickly, or the money would flow in and then I'd make sure something would break, my car would break down so I could quickly get rid of all of that excess money. So for me, finding out about my money beliefs has probably been the most remarkable and just just a huge huge like it wasn't just like oh you've got this one little money belief just sort that out I had I had literally every single money block um around yeah around every kind of earning money saving money keeping money all of it um which has really for me been sort of the biggest barrier to you know creating this kind of life for myself everything else is you know I can kind of work my way into it or I can realize there's a block and sort the block out reasonably easily but this has just been a monumental effort that has taken years and years to be able to to overcome.
0: And I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to dive into you know maybe how you did that in a second but I think when you're talking there in my head I was like blocks the theme of the block is like a cockroach. It's never just one. So yours is around money. I think money and love is the same energy. So I don't think you can have a money block without a love block and they both come down to self-worth. Like, you know, so and it's never just about the one thing or the one money, whereas in other areas of your life you might just have a little thing like, oh, I can just sweep that up. But the big themes, if it's there for you, it's never just it's a cockroach. It's just never there in one form. So talk to me about some of those tools, skills, like what did you actually do to uncover that you had these money blocks and then to help relieve them, remove them, in raise up from them?
1: So how did I figure them out? I literally went and studied every single person that ever put out a piece of content around money beliefs. So, you know, did every course that existed, watched every, you know, YouTube was, that's all I watched on YouTube forever. Um, uh, got and got, got into every single practice, and that's sort of how I do everything, really. I want to try it all and figure, figure out what works for me. And really, that's how I find, uh, when you're clearing blocks, you just need to figure out what works for you. Some things will work, some things won't. And, exa- um,
0: and that's why, like, you can't ever go and be like, Oh, I'm gonna go to that seminar or that retreat, and then I'm gonna come home fixed. Nah, 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 because I'll guarantee you still have money triggers but the blocks might just be styrofoam now right as opposed to the dense concrete that they may have once been
1: exactly oh and and just on that we'll get back to what I was talking about but just on that I always say um new level old devils so like like that like the level of you know income and abundance I'm at now it's still, I'm still facing the same things. Like I'm going back and doing my money rituals around this level of abundance. Like I'm still doing my journaling. I'm still doing my practices. I'm still doing all the things. It's just a completely different level of, whereas before it was like, I need money to pay my rent. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I'm up here. But same stuff.
0: Cannot stress that enough. It's not like, oh, I'm going to release this so I never feel this again. No, you're going to. So if you've got, you know, blocks against, I don't know, intimacy, you're going to feel it in the most loving relationship. Like you are. Simple as that. So in order to release that block, though, you must have had some type of inner belief that you could.
1: And a belief that I was worthy of having that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. It was like, no, I deserve that. So how can I, what do I need to do to be able to get to that? It was sort of that kind of vibe. And so how do you speak to your own
0: sense of belief in self? Because, you know, you stepped out quite young on your entrepreneurial journey and you got it didn't work and then you got it didn't work, yet you still kept going. So on reflection, how do you attribute that to cultivating a sense of belief in yourself beyond anyone saying you can do it or encouraging you?
1: So I think the way that I developed a belief in myself was because I failed so many times. And even that first business was brutal. Like if I think back to what it is now, like there, I just wouldn't have, I don't think I'd have the guts to do it again. Like that first business, I was literally cold calling fashion people and fashion people aren't nice. Just FYI. And I was a child. I was like 20, 21, 20, to you know, 25. So I was cold calling people and literally begging them to look at my collection. And when you create a collection of clothing, it does really feel like something you've created. Like it's a really like, oh, this is my baby Uh, Mm -hmm. but you know you have a lot of love and a lot of heart and you know creativity in that and for someone to knock your creativity it's brutal and that was my life like five years I would literally just you know get get people saying very negative things about my creativity and and um, you know if I was showing collections they would go oh this is hideous and you'd be like oh my god that's my work (laughs) so why didn't
0: why didn't you stop them because that's when most people will stop and a friend of mine reminded me recently reflecting on you know the fact that I've been in business now just over three years and she says the reason you're still in business is because you just keep going and so what was it the thing that you had within you that just kept you going
1: so I love um uh, there's a, a a chapter in Elizabeth Gilbert's book called uh, Big Magic and she talks about um the shit sandwich I'm assuming I can say mm. shit on this podcast yeah so we'll beep we'll- you-, we'll be you out <laughs> Okay. Great. She talks about a shit sandwich and so she says um, with any kind of creative pursuit, and I think this is true with any entrepreneurial pursuit as well, there is the good parts and then there's the shit that you don't want to do. So as so as long as the good parts are outweighing the stuff that you really don't want to do, then you have the capacity to get out of bed each day and and and, and eat the shit sandwich in order to be whatever it is that you want to be. So my dream of having the fashion label was all I ever wanted to do my entire life. So even though I was getting rejected In face-to-face rejections multiple times a day for five years straight, it was okay because I was still a fashion designer and I still had a fashion label and all the good parts so outweighed the bad parts. And I think that's how you just keep going. And
0: that's all to do with ultimately comes down to mindset. So talk us through that. What is the mindset of somebody that has a healthy self-belief? Because we don't want to go over that. (laughs) Edge into, you know, narcissism or complete blinkers on. So, what is the mindset of someone that does have really healthy self belief?
1: I think you just need to, I mean, well, for starters, I think you need to develop it for starters. Yeah. That's the first thing that you want to speak about there. So, I didn't have a healthy self belief. I developed a self, healthy self belief over time, over practices, over, you know, really flexing it like you would flex a muscle so you know over time i've developed a healthy self-belief and i'm happy to share some of the tools that i use um each day um but but really it is just a matter of of reframing the way that you think about yourself um one of the the easy well one of the most effective ways that i've found which may work for you and your audience is to literally rewrite the programs that are going on in your head so um if I find for instance with my money blocks this was super powerful I would sit down and, and write down all the money beliefs that I had so you know um one from my childhood which I just was I thought was so profound when I figured it out was that Whenever we were driving around in our really crappy Kingswood, because we were super poor, my dad would see someone in a fancy Mercedes or BMW and go, what an asshole!" Oh, that's another square word. Sorry, hon. Okay. So, yeah. and, and so my belief was that anyone who had a fancy car was a, a bad person and a bad person to my dad. So like, why would I ever want to have a fancy car? So I, despite having very fancy houses and very, very fancy clothing, I've never had a fancy car because my belief system was that my dad wouldn't like me if I had a fancy car, which is insane, but you know, that's, that's how we're raised. And so when I found this, I then wrote down all of the beliefs around, you know, your dad's not going to love you if you have a nice car and people who have nice cars are this and that and that. And this is what everyone else thinks about people who have nice cars. And then I wrote the opposite. So your dad is still going to love you when you have a nice car. Every, in fact, everyone will love you when you have a nice car. And you know, you'll still be accepted within your family when you have a nice car. So that's step one. Step two is picking up your phone and recording it in a voice memo, the positive affirmations into a voice memo. And then I pop that voice memo on in my head when I'm doing the dishes, going for a walk, cleaning the house, just in the background because that's what your subconscious is. It's a background, just a little background program that just runs the whole time that you're not even aware of. And I just popped that on and I did this for months and months and months around every single money block. And even today when I'm working on my stuff again, that's my go-to tool to really reprogram my brain. And that's
0: that's a great tool. And when, you know, in the next few months when we're launching our masterclasses and courses, they're all based upon the whole concept of our conscious brain governs not, you know, 10% really of what we do. And that subconscious drives 90. So any change that is achievable, sustainable, healthy has to happen on that subconscious level. And I, and there's so much science and I love it that you, you wrote it down, but then that next step of recording it and hearing it back in your own voice, not somebody telling you is so good. And, and I even want to go back further to you, to you sitting there going, realizing, oh, I have this belief because that's what I heard. And then what else do I believe? That can be really hard on self-reflection with yourself. So that's the perfect time to get a coach, to talk through those things because you often then will judge it. So I'm like, I don't really, but like, you didn't really consciously believe that your dad didn't, wouldn't. That, yeah. yeah. But so that's why sometimes you need a coach there to like help you get to those those sentences or those things because your conscious brain will quickly tell you you're silly and you don't really believe that. But even if it came up, it is bloody there.
1: 100%. And to be clear, I found this through a program. I was doing a program Uh, with someone else's and it came in. Yeah. So I wasn't sitting around realizing this. I mean, wouldn't life be so easy if you could just ponder your own subconscious and just figure out all the negative things that you're telling yourself every day. Gosh, that'd be simple. I know. And this is
0: the work, you know, and that's why we call it work and it's never ending. Like, and I, and I just, I love that point. I want to stress it again. I'm still dealing with the same blocks just on the level I'm at now. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I actually, so when I went through all of my heavy money stuff, I created a little mindset course, which I sell now on my website Mm -hmm. and I'm back now. I'm doing my own course again and going back through all the practices. Like I teach practices and I'm like, okay, sweetheart, like you're at a whole new level. Let's, you know, let's go back to the practices and 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 that's the thing it's a practice it's a practice that you do like you we all know that we need to roll out our yoga mat or go to pilates every day or every week or whatever it is and most of us now know that we need to meditate uh, regularly as well and you know i group this sort of work in with all of that i'm like cool i need to work my body i need to work my my conscious mind and i need to just chill that subconscious out with some reprogramming and and um you know making sure i'm consciously creating the kind of life that i want to have
0: And we've talked a lot about, I guess, business, but that self-belief in you as an individual to have what it is that you want. And I hope you don't mind me sharing, but we've met on occasions where you literally were quite convinced and felt like you had nothing. I do not have an income. I do not have a prospect of an income. I do not have the connection maybe I want in my personal life. Mm -hmm. And so that girl where where did she draw upon for her self belief to propel her forward to a life that you are completely expanding in now
1: Gosh I'd love to say it was an internal journey but I do really feel like I I lent on my my mentors, my brother, my, you know, my coaches, my, you know, my people, my therapists, mm. like, I and you, people like you who have been incredible healers in my life. So I'd love to say that, you know, oh, I've got that internally going on, but I feel like it was that kind of, uh, that kind of huge shift is more of an, you know, external supportive type, type shift.
0: But your self-belief, like in a session I can't give you belief in yourself, I can mirror to you, I can do all that, Right. So that self-belief must, it must, there must be a commitment to you somewhere inside that you're committed to believing in yourself.
1: I guess I always, when I look at what other people have, I believe that I'm worthy of having that. So I guess that's what it is. Yeah, And, and, um, you know, and there are certain things that people have that I'm like, Oh, I don't want that. And I don't believe that that's for me. But, you know, there was always a belief that, The happy family and the, you know, the the possessions, all the possessions, you know, there was certainly a belief that it could all work out for me as well. Like I so I did believe in that. And that's the, that's the
0: alignment piece, which is why I'm not into the whole manifestation rhetoric, because it's not like you can have everything you want. You can't. And so I want to really highlight that. Like you felt like, oh, I might want that, but it's not for me. But what is for me, these other things that other people have.
1: Yeah, and I guess you have to be intuitive enough and feel into it enough to know what's for you and what's not.
0: Yeah, and and not base your self-belief on the fact that you're not getting what isn't, isn't even for you anyway. You know, like dating the wrong guy. Oh, but he rejected me. He wasn't the right guy anyway. What does it matter? You know, exactly. and and that's to cultivate that belief in your own intuition. I like that and you I mean you work with people all the time you know as you've said so what do you find when you're working with people and holding space for them that is blocking their access to this superpower of self-belief
1: so the people that I work with are largely females and they're largely females that want to share their knowledge with the world so they want to you know create courses or be a personal brand and so what I find the most with women is that uh, women have a hard time being seen and heard. Mm. So they're the things that I hear all the time. Like I'm, you know, I struggle voicing my opinion, or I don't want to be on camera. I don't like my appearance. I don't want to be on camera. So a lot of it comes down to, we don't want our voice being heard. And a lot of it comes down to, we don't want our appearance, you know, being seen. Um, and look there, I've seen so many, uh, different reasons as to how that manifests in someone, you know, some people have childhood instances that that have happened that has caused you know these sort of things 20 years later 20 30 years later um so that's the kind of main things that i see is the being seen and being heard and some training that i have around that is again it's a practice so if you have a hard time being heard um a, a little a little gamey practicey thing that I like to do because you want to make these things fun, otherwise you're not going to do them. And you want to make them easy. Otherwise you're not going to do them. So a little a little tool that I say for people that don't like being um heard is uh to go and voice your opinion in situations that have little to no significance so for instance if you're hanging out with your friends and everyone goes what do you want to do for dinner do you want to go here or here and normally you're the one that sits back and says i don't need to say anything i'll just sit quietly and wait for everyone else to make a decision my practice to you is you speak up you say where you want to, eat to go for dinner or you say what you want to do and whether it happens or not it doesn't matter all it is is you're practicing getting your voice out, you're practicing being heard, you're practicing and and practice in any situation. Maybe when your partner comes home and you say, what do you want to do today, honey? And you normally say, oh, nothing, whatever you want to do. No, you're going to say, I want to do this. And it's just having those moments of putting yourself out there, being heard, being seen that eventually builds that confidence over time. I think the key takeaway from this conversation that I am hearing and I
0: hope that you're hearing is that self-belief isn't necessarily something that we are born with. It is something we
1: cultivate. 100%. Couldn't have said it better. And, And like all of these things, it's, yeah, it's a practice. And you get better at it over time, you know, like I... Am certain if this business ends, I'm not going to spend six months in bed like I did with the last two businesses. You know, like I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Like on to the next one because I've practiced it. I understand what happens. You know, I and and now I also know, oh, that's okay. I'll just start another business. Like I've done this three times already. Um, you know, I can do it again. And and that has come over time, over, you know, little things that I've invested, experiences that I've had. Um, and that's definitely what I think about building uh you know building self-belief it's a it's a something you build it's it's a, a
0: that word practice I love that word and um well where can we connect with you you know where can we be inspired by you as as I am in in your journeys and just seeing what you're doing I mean we we work in completely kind of different industries but you know you still massively inspire me so where can people find you and connect with you?
1: Thank you. That's so kind of you. Come and find me on ambrene.com. I've got heaps of free masterclasses, free trainings, free downloads, anything that you need to uh, pitch, publicize, and present your knowledge and wisdom and genius zone with the world. And if you're hearing me on this podcast, um, send me a DM or uh, find me on Instagram at the Ambrene and let me know that you found me here.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for really being honest with your journey In that cultivating self-belief is a practice, but totally, totally achievable. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.